This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. I'm Heather Drago, and this is That's a Hard No, the podcast about saying no and setting boundaries to become the authentic and empowered you that this world needs. The holidays are upon us. It can be an exciting time filled with family gatherings and parties, holiday music and movies, religious observations, gifts and fun decorations, all the special things we look forward to throughout the year. But for a lot of us, the holidays aren't exactly magical. They can be stressful too. Some folks simply dread this time of year. Holiday gatherings can mean falling short of unrealistic expectations of perfection, ding, 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 family tensions, or awkward conversations. Parties and dinners can trigger issues around food and addictions. The expectations that come with cooking and baking and shopping and gift giving can mean spending time and energy and money you don't really have. Remember that even now, especially now, it's okay, necessary really, to say no and set boundaries. You are allowed to prioritize your well-being and mental health. Over the next several weeks, we're going to talk with some familiar friends and a few new experts about all the different ways you can set boundaries to ensure that you and the people who matter to you truly enjoy this season of celebration. So take a load off and listen in. It's hard no for the holidays. We had big plans for this holiday miniseries. We had all these guests lined up and all these themes we wanted to talk about. We wanted to help everybody get through sort of the tough, stressful times of the holidays. And lo and behold, just like the holidays, things have gone not according to plan. Um, we've had multiple technical difficulties with and recorded episodes that couldn't even air. So you're going to hear me talking with our wonderful production and marketing coordinator, Mara Del Rosario, who keeps me sane. So thank you, Mara. You're the best. And I also want to thank Noah, our editor, who is phenomenal, works really hard for us, and very generously created a holiday theme song for this miniseries, who now, because it's such a good piece of music, we're going to have to keep doing holiday miniseries forever and ever. So thank you, Noah. Anyway, things didn't go to plan. And so we sat down and we just talked about how things don't go to plan sometimes. And you just have to wing it and go with plan B, go with the flow, not stress out about it. So I just wanted to share this with you and say we appreciate you and we hope you all have wonderful, stress-free, family fun holidays. And, um, you know, take care of yourselves and we'll be back in the new year. Thanks, everybody. Bye. I just wanted to start with, you know, some kind of a few points that I think um, affects all of us that whether we celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Thanksgiving or Kwanzaa or 
Chinese New Year, whatever, you know, you're putting on a happy New Year parties. Um, I think people go a little crazy trying to make everything perfect, making everything, you know, Instagrammable and TikTokable. And I don't know if that's a verb yet or not, or did I just coin it? Um, and, you know, I know that I've been guilty of it. I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten less and less um, into being the perfect Hallmark holiday scene you know for my family um and i know that for me it comes from the fact that i grew up raised by grinches and so i was like rebelling like i want the perfect christmas so i started collecting ornaments when i was like 12 and i got a job when i was in when i was like 13 over christmas break in a restaurant under the table so i could because my mom didn't want to buy a Christmas tree. So I earned the money to oh buy God. a Christmas tree. And it was like a seven foot tree and it was too big for our, It was like <laughs> literally like the Griswold family Christmas tree that I brought in. We had to like keep cutting it down. And then we put all her glass ornaments and my ornaments on there. And then in the middle of the night, it fell over and crashed and broke all the ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> so like I've had this I want a perfect Christmas thing in my head since pretty early on and so I think like I drove my family crazy with it as I raised my kids um and I think I've just gotten older and tired and it's been a really long busy year and don't even have my tree up right now (laughs) well I do think I just think the pressure and this isn't just the holidays but I know the holidays are just add into that but the pressure of these like unattainable goals Mm -hmm. even if you do have the beautiful tree up it can still fall over, even if it fits appropriately <laughs> in your family There's a squirrel room, in it and it causes know? a fire. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, or um, the dog runs into it and knocks yeah, down your favorite yeah. ornament. You know, there's there's just right. a level of things that we can't control. And it is the aspect that that high pressure of being perfect is mm-hmm. what can cause so many people so much stress around the right. holidays. And I think like like kind of the way the series has gone, like we make plans and we think so-and-so is going to come into town or, you know, or we're all going to get together, but then, you know, someone has RSV or COVID and, and like we can't get together. And people can get really upset and disappointed and stressed out and depressed because things aren't as perfect as we'd like. And sometimes you just have to kind of stop and reflect on what's most important and enjoy it while you can. So what's funny is I I'm I have next to me there's a door to my attic and um there are probably 10 giant plastic bins full of ornaments cuz as as I said I've been yeah. collecting them since yeah. I was 12. And every single one has like a a year that it's attached to and like a memory or a person, right? And I love this tree and I put it up and every single ornament's unique. And this year I'm so tired. I'm like, I do not want to unpack all that stuff. I don't want to carry all those boxes downstairs. So I just bought like a collection of like three different boxes of like glass ornaments with a certain color scheme. And I showed them to my adult son and he said, oh, thank God. And I was like, what? don't you like our Christmas tree? What are you talking about? And he's like, I have ADHD. It drives me nuts that every single ornament is different. I just want one cohesive looking tree. I don't want to have my brain fried every time I look at it. And I was like, oh, okay. So we don't have to keep all the same traditions we've always had. That's fine. That's why I have two. One is just like aesthetically pleasing. And the other one has all of them, you know, 
ones from popsicle sticks and yeah and like yeah <laughs> and like so for some reason and it's like a hot topic in my house we have um poker chips on our one tree like that's an ornament we have multiple of that that's fun tree. i like that red oh. white you know yeah, yeah. sure uh-huh <laughs> we'll go with there's that there's a story there <laughs> there's a story there well there it's funny because my husband has had them for a very long time so for him they're more nostalgic and for his for you know my stepdaughters of course they're nostalgic they've been on their tree since they've been born I'm like, what do poker chips represent in our life? You have not played poker since I've known you. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this something that we have to also have represented? But on doesn't our everyone tree? have those kind of ornaments, like the the wonky cookie monster with the googly eye missing? Like, everybody has those imperfect fun ornaments, and I love That's them. That's why I like the other tree better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to have one for those ornaments off oh, in a corner. Oh, okay, perfect. Not in the main room. And then it's a little tree. It's fine. But I think, I think, yeah, I think I kind of, in my effort to make the perfect idealized Christmas I never had as a kid, I've like tried to impose that on my family to the point of stressing them out where no one wants to decorate the tree with me. (laughs) They're like, no, you just do it. You're a perfectionist. (laughs) And so I'm trying to just let that go and just like, you know what? Big secret during the pandemic when we didn't have to get together with everybody on Christmas and I didn't have to get dressed and I could sit in my pajamas all day and watch TV and I really enjoyed it you know and so yeah I really did and I I enjoyed spending time just with my immediate family and so I'm kind of like I kind of I want to pull back a little bit and not just because we can go back to the way things were before you know, mm-hmm. pre-pandemic, mostly, not all the way. Like, it doesn't mean we have to. And it doesn't sure. mean everything has to be beautiful and perfect. And... and it gave us an opportunity to kind of wipe out some of the stuff that we didn't want yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you told me earlier that you feel like you're a little bit of a Grinch. Oh, yes. <laughs> even though you have I two trees. Definitely... I don't know how you can say you're a Grinch, <laughs> even though you have two trees. I would definitely say so. I, I mean, if it wasn't for my husband. I probably would not have a tree. He's like, it's funny because I'm a Grinch and he's like. Father Christmas. Father Christmas. Like (laughs) wants to go look at lights every night, wants to buy lights for more and more lights for our house, get a hundred million wreaths. We now have two trees, a real one and a fake one. Um, But yeah, when, so when I was little, my mom passed away. I was eight, my sister was 10 and my brother was three. And so for me, it was more of like, Every year I had to like have these celebrations where something so big was missing. Mm-hmm. And um, it almost felt like, okay, not only did this time of year have to be perfect, I also had to like get over the fact that my mom couldn't be there and I would feel this like gaping hole in in the holidays. And then I'm like, it's so much easier when I don't have to celebrate it or worry about it because then the pressure is not there. So Did you feel like you like, had to pretend to be happy when you weren't happy? I think so. And like. That's tough. Yeah. And and I think it's just, it was just a matter of, again, even when you're eight, you have these expectations of what your holidays should look like. And my mom, my mom passed away in the end of October. So mm, like, I so still vividly fresh. remember when mm. she, my whole family was there sobbing, watching us opening gifts. I mean, like just 
bawling their eyes out watching us open us open our gifts. Oh my goodness! Morning, the year after that is that's a lot for. A and kid they to were process. they were trying Holy to moly. be there. You know, it wasn't. It, it was totally from a a kind and loving space. It's just that. You know, everything just felt so strange and so different. And I think mm-hmm. it's just kind of followed me on as mm-hmm. like, if I can block out that time, then I don't have to have those bad feelings or feel that yeah. Yeah. gaping hole. Yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with that where they have a bad memory or they're missing someone like, like you know, we talked about last week with our grief episode. And it's hard to... to approach the holidays with those memories and stuff and hard it's hard to put on a happy face and when I think too like we talked about in the in the episode from last week is grief just changes and for Mm -hmm. so long I kind of felt okay because it had been so long that I hadn't had my mom but then when I had my littlest now I'm going through all these feelings of like oh my gosh I can't imagine only having one more year with him or Mm. or like now she's missing this too, you know? Mm. So it was, it's just like a yeah. reopening of those wounds too. And yeah, yeah. But I try, you know, now for him to make the holidays what they weren't for me. Yeah. So it's helping me, you know, grow my Grinch heart. <laughs> <laughs> Is it growing two sizes? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think my kind of trying to make the perfect Christmas is definitely like a reaction to some negative feelings too. Like my grandmother being the activist that she was, she didn't put out a Christmas tree during the Vietnam War. Okay. Because she was just like, I can't celebrate knowing people are over there like fighting and I feel bad for them. And so then like as a little kid, you don't understand why doesn't grandma have a tree? That's weird. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then like just to lighten things up a little bit, um, you know, we were poor. And so I, and I grew up in Southern California. So my grandmother, when we finally did get um, trees after the Vietnam War, um, <laughs> I know, who, how many kids say that? Um, anyway, um, she insisted we wait until Christmas Eve to get the free trees because in Southern California, the trees are dried up by then and they're giving them away for free. But the only ones that have any needles on them are flocked with like fake snow. Sure. Mm-hmm. So they're beautiful, let me tell you. And um, so we, she and I went and we got one. We stuck it in the back of her car in the trunk. And by the time we got home, someone had, something had happened and like half the tree got knocked off. So we basically had like an evergreen bush. <laughs> <laughs> A flocked one though, nonetheless. A flocked evergreen bush that we put on the, <laughs> on the coffee table and trim to sort of make it kind of triangular like shaped, and like de- decorated <laughs> my mom came home from work late and she looked at it and she said nice christmas bush um and then i was like horrified and sad i wanted the big perfect tree now i look back at that and i just think it's the most hilarious story and it's so emblematic of my grandmother sure. and just yeah, like it's... like that's the kind of thing i treasure um but you know i think as an adult you know, I can do that as a kid. I just was like, I want everything. I want it to be perfect. So I'm, I'm, I'm really making an effort this year to kind of let all that go and just enjoy my people, enjoy my space, my time, my dog, you know, right. And not overdo it. I think that's, you know, what's important. And I know me and you have talked about this before. It's just like, 
the value of being able to be with our loved ones, you know, especially after Mm -hmm. two really kind of crazy years in our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're finally getting to a place where we are getting to spend time again with our loved ones and just really cherishing the times that we get to have with them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the other thing we've talked about is because of sort of because of the pandemic and us all kind of reevaluating is we've made some new traditions. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I've talked about this before. Like last year we did a instead of making a big meal on Christmas Eve, we just ordered Chinese takeout and said, everybody come over. <laughs> And it was great. We played games and watched movies. I didn't have to stress out. Everybody, you know, helped clean up afterwards and it was easy. Um, And then everyone said, let's do it again. And so now that's our new tradition. And then you told me you have a great new tradition, which is genius. (laughs) Well, it actually comes from a really like six or seven years ago, I think. I wasn't really feeling that great on Thanksgiving. And so we were calling around trying to find if any restaurants were open. And the only one we could find was Macaroni Grill. And so me and my husband, who weren't married at the time, we went and got it. And we just spent the day together with having Macaroni Grill and watching Netflix. And um, then with with COVID and the lockdown, we, you know, (laughs) got Macaroni Grill on Thanksgiving again. And then this year we were sick again, macaroni grill. So now it's kind of our thing. And we were it's telling people about it and they were like, can we do that next year? Like they don't <laughs> want to cook. Yeah. And like, you know, we just yeah. got, got a bunch of food. We, I, you know, curbside, we pull up our car, drive as a family. Yeah. So nice. And then yeah. smorgasbord at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if there's ways we can simplify and not feel compelled to do the Norman Rockwell dinner spread like why you know why absolutely do that? And, yeah. and that's not to take away from the people that want to do that correct and that don't stress for doing that or that that's right. so valuable to them that the stress doesn't matter because they love doing that but right for me the important I, thing is enjoying yeah. your time with your family and yeah in right. the way that you want to if there right. isn't a standard there isn't a way right, that everyone right. should right and you know what? I'm going to ask you to share something else you told me a while ago, which I I think you told me this last holiday season. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was so wonderful. I've told all, all the young parents I know about it. I would love for you to share something I think you learned about when you were a nanny. Yeah. Way back when. So I, it actually it was funny because when I was a nanny, I was like reading all this like child rearing <laughs> information out you know, in magazines and otherwise. And I read this article and it has stuck with me. I mean, this was probably 10, 10, 15 years ago that I was reading this. And um, it was about a family who started the tradition of on Christmas Eve, they had, well, prior to Christmas Eve, they told their kids, every Christmas, Santa needs to take toys from our house and things from our house and give them to other kids who want them. So you have to pick out some items that you no longer use that are still in good condition that another child could have, and they would put them under the tree. They could do it all month if they wanted and just left them. And then on Christmas Eve, Santa would leave their gifts and take the other toys that they left behind for other kids. So other kids got to play with them. And I just thought, what a special way to incorporate, you know, giving back and donating and also keeping down the amount of 
items we all have too, mm-hmm. you know, um, and really just s- sending that message to your kids that like teaching them, yeah, yeah, teaching them that not everything is always just given and that there are people out there who do need things that, mm-hmm. you know, we can, we can share with them and we can help, help give our items to other people so that they can enjoy them too. And it's not just about hoarding everything and having yeah. everything. Yeah. Absolutely. Really, really sweet, sweet tradition to have. Yeah, I know our family has adopted other families um, for Christmas. And when my kids were younger, we'd all go shopping and, you know, they they enjoyed picking out gifts for other kids. And Absolutely. Um, I think it's, you know, teaching that it's not about receiving, it's about giving. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important. Definitely. So... I feel like we've kind of covered a lot about just like the holidays. Just basically what we're saying is slow down, (laughs) take care of yourself. Don't stress yourself out. Things don't have to be perfect. Enjoy your loved ones. Yeah. You know, absolutely. You don't have to be perfect. mm -hmm. And And just the holidays can be whatever they are, whatever you want them to be. Right. You know, it's it's, it's an individualized family thing or friends thing or one person thing, even if you have traditions you want to do on your own, like right. that you're meeting, you're meeting the needs of yourself rather than trying right. to incorporate a million people into what you do. Right. And so that means setting boundaries. I mean, there, there are healthy <laughs> boundaries you can set of like, I'm going to only spend this much money or I'm going to, I'm not going to feel compelled to go to every party and I'm not going to... You know, if I have food restrictions or other restrictions, I'm going to stick to those, Um, you know. um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, you know, taking care of ourselves. So I also wanted to talk about like the new year, because this is about the time when people start thinking about New Year's resolutions. And again, we kind of get these, you know, ideals of perfectionism. You know, I'm going to, you know, everyone joins the gym and then by February, no one's going to the gym and everyone says they're going to lose weight and you know, by February, that's by the wayside. And, um, and I, I feel like that's just a recipe for disaster. And even though I talk about my year of no in 2019, and how, you know, I decided I was going to do this one thing every day, that wasn't so much about a resolution. It was just like, I want to learn something I'm and it started with sitting at the end of the year with my feelings, and just saying, how am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling like this? What happened? What worked? What didn't work? Mm -hmm. And do I want to feel like this next year? (laughs) I mean, maybe you had a great year and you're like, yeah, I want to do it again. It's awesome. Or maybe it's, oh, my God, I'm exhausted and stressed out and I am angry or I am this or I'm, you know, and and like sit with it. Mm -hmm. Give yourself time. It's not just about running around and performing functions at the holidays, like, you know, take, take a look at yourself. I'm actually in the process of working with um, a business coach that works with marketing agencies. And we're like, before we start talking about plans, it's like, how's it going right now? Let's evaluate how it's going right now. What's working? What isn't working? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, you have to do that with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get, you know, check points. <laughs> yeah. Checkpoints like just check really... in with yourself, mm-hmm. like what's happening. And, you know, how are you going to get there? And if it means, you know, teaching yourself a new habit, you know, you don't say I'm going to give up smoking. You say, I'm going to make a point of trying to, you know, say no, at least some of the time 
for the, you know, like I'm going to try to make this habit or I'm going to try to learn something new and just realize you're not going to be perfect at first. You're going to stumble. You know, we, uh, we talked with, um, one of our guests in the beginning of the, this whole podcast and, you know, she talks about progress over perfection. And I think that's right. Yeah. I saw actually, um, a quote today that was like perfectly aligned with, you know, the year of saying no, but was talking about how for the new years that were constantly like, I'm going to do more of this and I'm going to do, I'm going to keep my house cleaner and I'm going to have more (laughs) days of working out and more and more and more. And it said, sometimes a resolution or an intention is doing less and we shouldn't get to a place every year where we feel like we need to add more. Maybe we're doing the most possible and the yeah. solution really is just doing less, yeah. which means what can setting you take those away? boundaries and taking away the things that yeah. aren't, they're not adding value to your life or they're taking away energy or time that you mm-hmm. could have for the things that you love and enjoy. So mm-hmm. I think it's not, you know, like you said, it's kind of checking in with what's working and what's not working and not necessarily saying for the first three months, I'm going to do this and the next three months I'm going to do that. But just how do I want to feel at the end of 2024 or 2023? Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> years where, are we? How are... <laughs> where are we? How are we? Where are we? What is it? I know. At the end of 2023, yeah. do I want to feel the same that I'm feeling at the end of 2022. Yeah. And what equation does that mean for me to feel differently? Yeah. What do I add? What do I take away? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and I think taking things away is, is key. I think we're all just overwhelmed. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I saw something recently and it's really stuck with me and I've been sharing it with, I'm one of those people I'm just espousing my little pop culture knowledge that I learned. (laughs) And basically it said something like, you know, rest isn't earned. You know, rest is required for, you know, when you're a human being, like you just, you need to rest. Like, Mm -hmm. and so I'm just going to encourage everyone that's listening, slow down, take care of yourself this holiday season, take the time to really get to know who you are, where you are, what you want. And start the new year with um, with the intention of taking care of yourself in order to be happy. And that that's not very eloquent, but yeah. you know, no. But I think <laughs> I think exactly what you're saying also is giving yourself grace when you don't know who you are yet or what you want yet, mm-hmm. and giving yourself grace when maybe you choose to do less of something and it's didn't work or choose Mm -hmm. to do more of something and that didn't work Mm -hmm. because you know it's all about balancing and taking the time to really um absorb each of those choices that you make and see are they worth sticking with are they working are they making me feel better or more productive you know Mm -hmm. they might not Mm -hmm. and that's okay Mm -hmm. yeah it's okay to flounder. It's okay to explore. And in fact, you should just, that's mm-hmm. the way life is. That's how you learn. So, well, Maura, this was a rambling end of year <laughs> conversation. I know we're both tired. We're ready for some <laughs> holiday vacation. And so um, if you're still listening, friends, thank you for dealing with 
If you're not her. still listening, we get it. We totally get it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just so grateful for our listeners and um, for, you know, being able to share the things we learn and the friends we make with with everyone. And so we hope you'll keep listening. We'll be back in 2023. Um, and if you feel like there's someone you want us to talk to or you have questions or something you want us to talk about, by all means, please reach out to us. We definitely want to hear from you. So thank you again for everything. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. We really appreciate you. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found today's conversation helpful. Visit our website, hardnopodcast.com for this episode's show notes, including all of the wonderful resources that Kathy mentioned, past episodes, downloadables, and links to resources. Have a question or suggestion for the podcast? Send an email through our website or message us on Instagram. Our handle is at hardnopodcast. If you liked what you heard here, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast, especially on Apple, so others can find us too. That's a Hard No is presented by Clever Girl Marketing in partnership with Purposeful Growth and Wellness. Marketing and amazing production coordinator, Maura Del Rosario. Production support, Evergreen Podcast, Noah Fouts, producer. Music by Gigi Ricks. Until next time, thanks for listening. And remember, saying no isn't just okay. Saying no is the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. So do it. Find your no, then say it unapologetically. That's a hard no. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.